just close your eyes because I believe it's important that the words of this song sink into our hearts. Hallelujah, our God reigns. He reigns over each and every person who gives themselves freely to Him. He reigns over our circumstances. He reigns when things do not turn out as we expected, and He reigns when things turn out as expected. Scripture says, For to us a child is born, to us the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. This morning, I believe we need to decide in our hearts and our minds under whose government we are living. Regardless of what's happened over the last three days, the reality is we are the people of God and we live under the government of King Jesus. We need to be reflecting that in social media. We need to be reflecting that as we relate to others who did not make the same decision that we made. If we are the truly to be the people of God, we need to stand out with a different message than that of the world, which is one of division, sectarianism. We need to declare that Jesus reigns. Just take his seat, thanks to the musicians. But we will see or we'll hear this passage read several times, I think, over the next 10, 12 days. But I do believe it is important for us to establish in our hearts in whose kingdom we truly live and declare that. That needs to be the message. You know, we... This morning, we... The, the subject is the role of leadership and of course, you know, we put the dates in the uh, diary and sometimes we preach on the subject allotted to... Well, actually, most other people preach on the subject allotted to them. But on this whole rule of leadership, I just thought how incredible that it is this first Sunday after the general election results to be able to preach on the role of leadership and reflect what is the impact that has on us as a church as we move forward into all that God has got for us, living as subjects of King Jesus. It is so important that we get that right in our hearts so that we are not caught up in what is going on in the world and reflect that in the way we relate to the world. And when we look at the role of leadership, I think one of the lessons that has come out of the last few days, and this is not a, a political st statement, because I think we... I don't think the result was what any of us expected. I think it doesn't matter which side you were voting for, the result was totally ex unexpected, and I was watching the election results, and it all started to sort of, whoa, <laughs> when the Blythe Valley... How many people saw the Blythe Valley? Result come in. 
the most surprised person in that room was the Tory candidate. He was. You know, there's incredible people. We lived up in the Ashington Coalfield uh, for several years. And to think that an area can turn completely from red to blue is just unthinkable. Leadership helped deliver that result. And again, it's not a political statement, but there's a, a, a leadership function that enables people to buy into something or not. There's, there needs to be clarity in the message. And there was one clear message came through. Something to do with Brexit, I believe. But people knew what the message was. And I was just mulling over that. And I think we need to be very clear as to what our message is as the people of God. Jesus reigns. That needs to be our clear message. And we live in the light of that. So when we look at leadership, leadership in the church, I believe one of the primary calls for leadership in any local church is to give clarity to the people of God as to what sort of community we want to be. So there is no wishy-washiness. I have rarely been accused of wishy-washiness. I've got into bother for all the other things, but never for being wishy-washy. And I was thinking about what is our vision, a growing, charismatic... Oh, that's marvellous. Thanks to all of those who took the £10 to get that right. A growing, charismatic family church with the world vision. And I was thinking about one element of that vision statement, which is perhaps the most challenging, but lies at the very heart of our community identity, and that is what it means to be charismatic. Now, this is not a sermon about being a charismatic church, but it is something that leadership needs to present and be very clear on. We believe that every gift of the Spirit, recorded in Scripture, is available to the body of Christ today. And that may produce messy meetings. And if you do not like messy meetings, this is not the place to be. Seriously. This is not the place to be. We give a vision, and it's up to people to say, do I run with that vision, or do I need to be elsewhere? Because as an eldership, we are not going to compromise on our determination to follow the leading of the Spirit in everything we do, and to lead people into their full inheritance in Christ. Charismatic, believing every gift is there for us. Believing that every one of us should eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Why? It's not that you might build a ministry. It's that the entire body of Christ might be built up. It says that each spiritual gift is given for the common good. That's why, as a leadership, we want people to grow in their gifting because we are selfish. We want to benefit from your gifting. We want to benefit from the way in which you have an impact upon the community of God's people here that we might all grow together into maturity. And I was thinking about charismatic church life and how it can be a little bit messy. And I've got two sort of pictures of two different types of churches. One is a playground at a school. And 
for some years. I was a teacher, and now our first grandchild is, is off to school, fully enjoyed it, enjoying it, which is something I never did. But they're enjoying school, and it's just almost like a picture of a, a playground, and the church being like a playground where people are discovering things, where people are enjoying, enjoying themselves. Church and enjoyment do not normally go together. But surely, unless we are a community that can enjoy ourselves together, what is the message we have to give to a dying world? A miserable world. The message is that there is joy in the house of the Lord. So this playground, this picture of a playground where children run, and what happens is sometimes mistakes are made. Sometimes people are hurt inadvertently. Sometimes... It doesn't quite work out the way. But I tell you this. As an eldership, we would rather have a playground than a graveyard. That's what we, that's what we desire. A playground that rather than a graveyard. And as a leadership, we are seeking God for a new Pentecost. Mark Dupont prophesied that some while ago. I believe there was a new Pentecost coming. We're living in that new season. And we want to be the people who really press into God for the more that He has for us. And not settle for what we have now, which is good, but press into the more that God has for us. And so what is the role of leadership here in Emmanuel? I'm going to let other churches sort themselves out. But what is it we see here in Emmanuel as we press into God for all that he's got for us and this fundamental thing that we want to do as an eldership and a broader leadership is to lead people into the freedom that is their inheritance in Jesus Christ. It is for freedom Christ has set you free. Galatians 5, which I was very encouraged because it was quoted in our prayer time. And if you're preaching and someone quotes the, the passage... You know, what's the chances of that? Take God out. Not at all. Put God in and think, Oh, thank you, God! And so, this, this sort of, the verse I want to look at is, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So, we as leaders... And you as a leader in your context, because leadership is influence, and you have an influence on someone else, we need to be those people who desire to bring others into the freedom for which Christ died to give them and to enjoy that life in the Spirit which Jesus wants us to have. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, not license, but freedom, where we are free to develop together, to grow together, and see God do some most amazing things. I want to look at one particular character from the Old Testament, just briefly. And we have the story of Moses. Moses, perhaps the most significant leader in the Old Testament. You know, Abraham is called to be the father of a great nation, but Moses is called to be the leader of a great people. And the task to which Moses was called in leading the children of Israel 
is that defining event which runs right the way through both Old and New Testament. It is the very thing that gave definition and an identity to the people of God. This exodus from a land of slavery into the land of promise, a land of freedom to which God had called them. In Exodus 3, God appears to Moses out of the burning bush. And he says, I have come down to rescue my people from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. God is going to bring his people into a land of freedom that he planned. And Moses is called as the instrument by which God is going to fulfill that promise. Now Moses was simply God's instrument. God's person in that situation. But the, the fundamental message, just as we've had a very clear message over these last few weeks, the clear message that Moses was given is this. Four words, let my people go. Say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, let my son go. Let my people go. And as we go through Scripture, as we go through Exodus, we see time and time and time again, this command, this rallying call, this wonderful vision of a people being led from slavery into freedom. Let my people go. But go into what? People need to be led into something. He said, let my people go. That's the foundational message upon which everything else is built. But it is, let my people go, that they may worship me. And as a community, what we desire is to have a community that is free and at peace with itself in leaving behind the old life and entering into an ongoing life of worship of King Jesus who is central to everything we think and everything we do coming from a land of slavery into a freedom of a life of worship, which is not about a meeting, but it is about a relationship with Jesus, whereas in every situation we are able to offer praise and worship to Him. You know, we, we need to be loosened up in our worship, folks. We really need to be loosened up where we're free to join in freely with what God is doing. And Christian leadership has to be about setting people free rather than locking them up in rules and regulations. And this is our heart, that we want to see that freedom, again, not license, but freedom to be and to do, to be the person God wants us to be. I wonder what freedom looks like. When we look at the scripture, Paul, in his final greeting to the church of Colossae, gives what I think could be taken as a definition of the freedom Jesus wants for us. He says, Epaphras, this is Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. So he's always wrestling in prayer for these believers. Why? that they might stand firm 
in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. You know, surely that's what Christian freedom looks like. That we're standing firm in all the promises of God for us. We are assured, in other words, we're not being blown around by circumstances. And yes, that is easier said than done. But we're growing mature. We're growing and we're standing firm in all the will of God, knowing that God is in charge. Freedom means being strong in the Lord. Freedom means having a strong relationship in Jesus, with Jesus. Because what some of us try to do is we almost we take a shortcut. And what we want is we want all the benefits of a relationship with Jesus without putting in the time and effort in order to build a relationship. We want all the goodies without none of the responsibility. But we need to be those people who look at this in a different way and say, how do I receive assurance? How do I grow to maturity? How do I enter into the freedom for which Jesus set me free through relationship with Him? Which will give rise to worship. Which will give rise to that overflow of praise in everything that we're doing. Go to Pharaoh. This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. That is the, got to be the heart of this community. Freedom to enjoy. Freedom to enter into. Freedom in worship. There's an event which is recorded in all of the Gospels, which I believe sheds some light on the role of leaders. And again, I'm not just talking about an eldership, I'm not just talking about a wider leadership. I'm talking about something that ought to impact every one of us as we have influence. And it's the story of the feeding of the four or the five thousand. Now I've taken the uh, four thousand from Matthew 15. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. There he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind saying, and they praised the God of Israel. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people, they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples said, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He told the crowd to sit on the ground. He took the seven loaves and the fish and then he, when he had given thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples and they in turn to the people. They all, ate, they all ate and were satisfied. And while reading through this particular story of Scripture, for me it brought out several things to do with leadership within the community of those following Jesus. And it's almost like a snapshot of the church. And I get tremendous encouragement here because as we look at this, the first thing for us to realize is 
that this story is not about bread and fish. It's about Jesus. He is the one who lies at the very centre of the event. Without Jesus, none of this would have happened. So, when we gather as a church, we need to recognise Jesus has got to be the central focus of what we do and not our own desires. It's Jesus who brings us together. You know, look across this room. What is the common thing that holds together? What are we held together by? It's got to be Jesus. We have all sorts of educational uh, standards here or experiences here. We've got all sorts of backgrounds here. And yet the very person who holds us together is Jesus himself. We are not held together by vision. We're held together by Jesus who has brought us together through his blood. So when we look at the story of the feeding of the 5,000, this is all about Jesus, and without Jesus there would have been no miracle. So that's encouraging. That needs to encourage it all, because every one of us is called to focus our attention on Jesus and nowhere else. But there's a second thing that really encourages me, looking at this story, and that is the disciples who were, in a sense, the leaders within this context. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's using them. But the reality is the disciples were clueless. Now, what a wonderful place it is to be in leadership when you are clueless. Because that is, drives you to your knees. So we do not want to have a leadership here who comes up with bright ideas. We want to have a leadership that comes up with God ideas. And so, you know, when, we're <laughs> when we function together on a, on a Sunday morning, mistakes will be made. Contributions will be withheld that might have been brought. Contributions might have been brought that would have been better withheld. <laughs> Someone once said, I don't know how, how you as elders handle these meetings and how you know what to do next. I'll let you into a secret. We don't. <laughs> One of the things we will never be accused of is professionalism. You know, we look at one another, what are you going to do with that one? And there are times, you know, it tends to be Ian or I who tend to handle the contributions. And there are times, you know, when Ian will do release something or not release something or whatever and you think, oh I'm so pleased he had that responsibility <laughs> and so the disciples left to their own devices did not have the resources they were not clued up enough to know what to do and that is a glorious place for us to be because it's all about hearing from Jesus and the success of the outcome of this particular situation is because the disciples did what Jesus told them to do. Now you see, if I'd been there, I would say, I'll give out the bread. I hate fish. <laughs> I would have said, you be the bread monitor, I'll, sorry, you be the fish monitor, I'll be the bread. But it says, Jesus says to the disciples, what have you got? And at the end of this day, Jesus says to each and every one of us, What have you got? What have you got that I can use in the furtherance of my ministry? And that's why we're here. For the furtherance of the ministry of, the, of Jesus. For the furtherance of that kingdom which will grow without ceasing. So they tell him. 
Then he took the seven breads and fish. When he had given thanks, he broke them. And he gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. Now, we're not setting up a priestly class and a non-priestly class, but there are roles and responsibilities without any community. Jesus gives this responsibility to the disciples, and they simply have to do what Jesus told them to do. Go and give out what I have given to you. And that is the secret of church leadership. Whether you're leading in a small group, whether you're leading a wider team, whatever it is, we need to hear from Jesus and press in because He is the one who gives the increase. You know, we read, we read these stories and because we're reading 2,000 years on, we know what the result was. But you imagine being one of those disciples and Jesus comes and says, you see these fish? Nah. I want you to give them out and I want you to feed 4,000. <laughs> really? But they did it anyway. So anointed cluelessness. Who's up for that? Who just wants the cluelessness? There's another thing in this story. You've got Jesus. You've got the people. And you've got the disciples who were there to serve Jesus and the people. But there was only one master, Jesus. The people were not the masters of the disciples. And that has a fundamental uh, impact upon the way we understand the way church is run. We are not a democracy. Hands up, Aubrey. <laughs> you know, we, we are not a democracy. I think democracy is... Democracy within church, and again, this is not a political say, democracy in a church is a recipe for inactivity. Now, being in churches where democracy was practiced, but when we look at the story of the feeding of the four or the five thousand, we find there is a responsibility upon the leaders to hear the master and to serve the people. But the purpose of serving the people is this. They all ate and they were all satisfied. They went away well fed. That's got to be what leadership is about. Saying that people are nourished. Saying that people are fed in their walk with Jesus that they might live that life satisfied in Jesus because they are blossoming in the person that God wanted them to be. They all ate and were satisfied. And the good thing is there was plenty left over. So when we have eaten from Jesus and we have been satisfied in our innermost being, 
the tremendous thing is, there's always more for us tomorrow, and there's always more for the person sitting next to us. Have you ever been at a, at a meal where <laughs> the food is all laid out, and there's just a finite amount of food laid out, and you're at the back of the queue, and you realize by the time you get to this point where you can take the food from the table, the people at the front of the queue have been absolute gluttons and taken more than they should have done, and you get the scraps. Have you ever been in that position? You know, that's, that's why I hate bring and share meals. I hate them. I don't think... No, I won't go there. Anyway, won't go there. <coughs> because what happens? You get to the end. Because being humble, I always join the end of the queue. You get there and you think, eh? And then you see someone who was at the front of the queue with a plate. That's piled high. And of course, at that point, you just pray for their blessing. But when Jesus feeds, there is more than sufficient for every one of us, for me, and for you, and for the person sitting next to you. And that is what we need to be rooted into together. We want to see each other succeed in the things of God and grow in the freedom that God has intended for us. That's where we stand as an eldership in terms of our vision for this community. And if any of the elders disagree, they're free to leave. Now, John is already gone. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we have an incredible future ahead of us. I believe God is going to be working some incredible things in and through us, miracles. And we need to be prepared for all that God has got for us. So this morning, what we are going to do we are going to pray with a, a young man, a youngish man, who has brought joy to the hearts of many. Brother Peter, will you step forward? Now, go on, go on, give him. Now, I am not going to give Peter the opportunity to have the microphone because Christmas is only 13 days away. <laughs> He's a great man, is Peter. Just, have you got a new shirt on? You know, Peter is an incredible man of God. We do cherish this dear brother. And what we want to do today... Oh, face that way. No, 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 no just face that way. And just say hallelujah at the end of every sentence. What we, what we want to do. Thank you. You missed that one. Dear me. Well done, Ross. <laughs> what, we, <laughs> what, we, what we want to do is to recognize Peter as a pastoral assistant among us. 
to help us connect and reach with the many nations and the people God is gathering for the international community into this community. There's something. Hey, hey, oh, you missed it again. So this is going to be Peter's responsibility to help us reach the nations God is bringing to us. There's something like 14 or 15 different nations represented here. And, and Peter is trilingual, English, Italian, and what's it called? That one? Ghanaian. Well, I know, but it's not called Ghanaian, is it? I even know that. He has a very short future with us. Because, you know, when you consider what God is doing among us, it is fantastic. This is one of the ways in which the church has changed over the years, that we have so many nations. And, of course, God promises that, and we're seeing that fulfilled. And Peter is being commissioned to help us build on the foundation that God has given us. So, please, if you have any issue, just say, Peter, don't bother us. He'll take absolutely no notice of you. But together, you know, we can say great things. So I'm going to ask elders and wives if we can come. We're just going to pray with Peter. If you can come out now, please. There's microphones around. I'm just going to pray. And Peter's not going to say a word. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you for this dear man of God. We want to thank you for his heart to serve you and to serve us. And we ask, Lord, that in these coming years, He will blossom in all the things of God and that we will all stand in awe and thanksgiving of what You've done for us through this man. Father, we ask that You will be the God of all provision to Him, that in every area of His life, in increasing measure, He may know You reveal Yourself as the One who provides. So we thank you, Father, now. We ask that the desires of Peter's heart, those things that you planted in him, might come to fruition in the most glorious way in these coming days. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I saw a picture of a, saw a picture of, a, of an arrow. And an arrow is designed to fly, and an arrow then does fly. And I just feel that God's saying that you, you, you're here, you're here for this role. You're here, you've been commissioned because of what you are already doing. But also, this is, this is the right size, this is the right fit. This is you. But also in that picture, I saw there was a rope attached to the arrow. And once the arrow had flown out, so it was pulled back again. And I, I just felt God was saying that because of who you are and because of what you do and because of how you can link in with people, you are going to draw people mm. to us. And, yet, and through that, you're going to draw people to Jesus. So Lord, I just thank you for Peter. I thank you for the gift that he is to us. But more than that, I thank you for the giftings that you have put within him. I thank you that you have you've created in, in him a heart for others. And that as he steps into this role, so he will lead people to you. Yes. He will lead people into encounter with you, into relationship with you. But Lord, I thank you that he will also just see people grow in their walk with you, Lord. So Lord, I thank you for Peter. And I just pray that, that as he steps out in this role, you'll use him mightily. Yes. In Jesus' name.
Now, I just felt Jesus was saying that don't, don't, um, don't define the walls of where this role ends because there's mm-hmm. more and more and more and he's going to grow you and grow you. So don't put a wall around the things that Jesus can do in and through your life. Peter, you're a man of great joy and enthusiasm and a passion for worshipping Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that that's the foundation upon everything else, from which everything else flows. So Lord, I just want to pray that Holy Spirit, you would come and anoint Peter afresh now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you would just fill his heart afresh with overflowing with joy and that he would always know that the joy of the Lord is his strength. And Lord, I thank you. (laughs) I thank you that you are his shield of faith. Lord, I pray that he would be able to demonstrate that as he reaches into other people's lives and that they would see and know who Jesus is. So, Lord, I thank you for the man of God he is. But, Lord, I thank you for the man of God he is going to become. For the glory of your name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could all stand and just reach out a hand to to Peter. Lord, as the the community of Emmanuel Church here, we, we pray for you, Peter. We stand with you. You are not on your own. You are part of this community, a loved person within this community. And we stand with you this morning and we ask, Lord, bring your anointing upon this man. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in this church, the nations, but we realise we are stepping into a new era in these weeks and months ahead. This is a time for Emmanuel, that's Peter's words himself, and we, are, we thank you that he is here to help that happen. And we thank you that you are God who is with him, that you are a God who is going to strengthen him and bring him into all those new things. And as the community of God here, we cry out, Amen and Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. No. You can look towards the microphone, Peter, but we're not giving you it. <laughs> Now, one final thing for us to do this morning, because, again, this is all about bringing freedom. We want Peter to blossom, and we want that ministry to work and bless all of us, and bring freedom to all of us. But there's a a group who serve us so well, and we believe that as we look to the future, worship is going to play such an important part among us as we reach into the future. So what we want to do right now, we want to pray for all of those who are involved in worship. So our worship leader, we have all three. Go and rescue Ryan. Because, can we have the three? We have three main worship leaders. So if we could have you three out, please. Andy, it's great to see Andy just restored to us. Give him a great... Four, who's the four? Oh, yes, you're a couple, aren't you? Raymond and Lindsay, who are two but one. Two but one. You get. You look that way, don't look that way. Two. Buy one, get one free. Yes. 
So, the things worship leaders will do to get out of playing is just amazing. Two out of three have tried very hard, but great to have you back. And Orion's coming. Now, we have many others among us who are playing each week, who support this, and there are many among us who we're looking to to become leaders of worship within this community. So, if you are involved in any way, as a singer or musician, I would like you to come and join these three, possibly four. And you come out now, if you're engaged in any way in music side of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's Peter again. Hello! <laughs> And it's great to have Rachel back with us. Yes. And we have people here. Now, I also want all of those who are engaged in PA and AV, Song Pro, whatever it is, you come out as well, because without you, none of this would be possible. So I'd like you to come and join us as well. Now, one of the things that we are looking to do, we need to look to do in these coming days, is increase this number who are standing before us. We do not believe we can enter fully into all that God has got for us with this group. Now, you can take that anywhere you like. <laughs> because, tell you what's going to happen, what we have now will not keep up with the demands of a growing community. And so we will be looking for people to join. We are so thankful for every brother and sister who serves us so well. Give Ryan a very... Come and stand here, Ryan. Come on, come on, Ryan, in the middle. That's it. Hey, 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 hey. Right, you can sit down now. Right. No, these brothers and sisters serve us so faithfully week after week after week. And they are often taken for granted. And we suddenly realise what an important role they play when they're not here. And then you've got Ian on tambourine. <laughs> you've, got, you've got John leading the worship by song. Not to mention the dance. <laughs> so, so we want to pray for them. But we are looking to increase this ministry among us. Because we will need to do that. Now, I would like one person just to come and stand in front of each of these people here because we're just going to pray. So, can we just have one person in front of each? Come along, come along, come along. Now, stand in front, put your hands on their shoulders. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we have... Have we not got another fellow who can pray with Tim? He's feeling left out here. Come on, Richard. Uh, well, exactly. I mean, I was just... But we are thankful. So where, if you're just sitting down, will you just stretch out your hands? And I'm going to lead us in prayer. Put your hands on their shoulders. We are so thankful to God for your service, for your ministry. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus for the role these brothers and sisters play in blessing us as a community. 
We thank you, Father, for their hearts to serve you and to serve us. We ask, Lord, that in their service they will be refreshed, that they will be fed on the inside, that they will be built up on the inside, and that their service will be a joy to the glory of your name. Lord, where rapid healing is needed, bring it in Jesus' name. And we pray you will put a hedge of protection around them. That the fiery darts of the enemy will not find a resting place, but will be extinguished through faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know them better than we know them. Be the God of all supply to them. God of all blessings to them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just take your seats. We're just going to end in a minute. Now, I wonder if we could have our two worship leaders today and the musicians back with them. Let's just end with a final song. This is all, what we've done today is all about leading us as a community into the freedom of the promises that God has given us. Let's stand together. <laughs>